would be an ecumenical matter. Hello and welcome to Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. I'm here, your host James, and I'm with Vince, as we always are. And today, we've got a guest star. Would you like to introduce yourself, Colin? Hello, everybody. My name is Colin Hazard. I am a performance poet from Belfast. And I could go on and blow my own trumpet, but I'll... Please do, please do. You want me to? Yeah. Okay, well, first of all, I was a two-time Ulster Poetry Slam champion. Uh, I've had work published. Only Ulster? Only Ulster? (laughs) Uh, Okay, then two-time All-Ireland finalist. Nice, nice. I like that, I like that. Uh, Belly Laughs Comedy Festival champion, Book Festival, Culture Night champion. Brilliant, yeah. No, Colin is actually an amazing uh, performance poet and I've seen him a few times and I'd highly recommend you go see him yourselves at some point. And the room is quite full today. Do you want to say hello, Katri and Leanne? Hello! Hi! So they'll be jumping in anytime they've got something to say, as well as Ash whenever he feels like it. Hello! And who are you, Ash? Will they come up with some sort of nickname like Tech Ash or something? Or... <laughs> Producer Ash. Pash. Pash, yeah, Pash. How are you doing? So uh, today, just in the last half hour there, we all watched the second episode of Father Ted together, Entertaining Father Sloan, or excuse me, Entertaining Father Stone. And I just gave away my little quiz question there. I was going to ask Colin if he knew what that was a parody of. It's something to do with Sloan. Entertaining Mr. Sloan. It's a, it's a play, a 1964 play by uh, Joe Orton. To be fair, we already knew that because you went out to the toilet and left your laptop open. <laughs> uh, so we all had a look. So uh, the quiz would have went down a storm anyway. Yeah. It would have went down like a lead balloon. Oh well. So what, what do you think then, guys? Actually, before we start that, how did you watch Father Ted? All and then, how, when did you first On the television, it? mainly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. No. You, you weren't Toronton then, back then? <laughs> I actually worked it out. I looked, up, I looked it up on the internet. When Father Ted started, I was 12 years old. And by the time the series, the, three, the third series had ended, I was 15. So was that kind of key point in life where you're learning about what you like. Exactly. It's the first time you're learning your own influences rather than sort of taking them from which sort of your parents would maybe had or your school friends would have had. You'd be sort of forming your own. Exactly. And yeah. that, at that age, I was looking for something funny and cheeky and a little bit surreal, which is still my kind of main interest in humour. Mm-hmm. And at that time on, on TV in the 90s, we had uh, Father Ted, the fast show, Shooting Stars, shows which really appealed to me. And I remember going back into school on a, on a, like a Monday morning and everyone in my class knew the lines from Father Ted, and you'd be talking about your favourite favorite yeah. bet, your favourite moment, and you're quoting the lines back to each other. Exactly, exactly. And just uh, just let us know where you're from then. Uh, Vince, we've learned last week, is from it was Belfast City, and I'm from Oma. So, what about yourself? Like, give us an idea of what Banbridge was like. I was born in Belfast, but I grew up in Banbridge. So oh, I didn't know that. You were born in Belfast? I was born in Belfast. Did you live here long, did you? Uh, no, I. I, I I was only in the hospital a few hours and I was back in Banbridge. Oh, okay, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't remember much about it, but I did move to Banbridge. It was great growing up in the country and my, my best friends are still from Banbridge. Yeah, and uh, so they, they would have been just country books like like the ones in my school as well. And they would have, re- they would have recognised immediately the parish and the sort of just rural Ireland's that you see on the screen, I suppose. Would, would that be fair? I don't know if they'd appreciate being called country bucks. Yeah. Uh, Colchies then? What's, 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 what's a PC term? <laughs> Definitely Colchies. Yeah, we we would openly admit to being that. But yeah, it was it was it was great, and it was great to find people my own age who had the same interests. And, yeah, and because we only had four channels in those days, so you yeah. were limited on what you could watch. Was, so you all had the same reference points. Exactly. Yeah, you come in and the the same episode home home and away. Everyone would have seen it. And uh, for home one, away. home and away. <laughs> Hang on. Everyone would have seen that same episode of Home and Away the night before because you had what four options. So Did you watch Home and Away? When I was about ten, yeah. You're like a forty-year-old woman. It's a teenage soap opera. 
balls. In his defence, I used to watch, to watch it. it. <laughs> What's Alf done now? <laughs> I just remember Selena getting taken away to some to some cult, and uh, right, you so. know way too much about Home and Away. All right, well, back to Father Ted. Then back to Father Ted. <laughs> just one last point on that: I would describe Vince as a flaming gala. A flaming gala. gala. What's a gala? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Vince is <laughs> what Alf used to call everyone, isn't it? Nah, neighbors is where it was at. So this was entertaining, Father Stone. What do you think of it? Yeah, good. I like it. Uh, Father Stone himself reminds me of Teresa's dad. In what way? Physically. And the boringness of him. <laughs> you do realise this is going is going out and broadcasted? Yeah. yeah, but he's never going to hear it, so it's alright. Alright, okay. Same thing, whenever I sit down with her dad and I speak to him, it's one word answers. And it's always the same tone of voice. Well, there are people like that. Yeah. And, you know, there are generally having, you know, a decent time. They're just being very quiet about it. Yeah, but I feel like I can relate to Father Dougal and Father Ted's pain. Yeah. This episode, because of that. Some people just sit in silence, and if for other people it feels like God, I have to fill up silence, I have to talk something, it's and they're terrible. just sitting in their own little world, and they're having their time in their lives. They're just happy, happy as Larry the way they are. Like I think it. that was the the Father Stone character, and as always, well, I think, we, I think we all know people like that. Maybe not to that yeah. extreme. Yeah, but certainly people, even negative people who just suck the life out of a room or out of a party. And what, what do you think, Colin? Of the episode? I pretty much know it word for word because I used to have a VHS cassette of the first three episodes of Father Ted. So <laughs> I didn't, didn't need to watch it tonight, I just I knew, I knew it. But yeah, that's, I mean, we feel Ted's pain, we know people like that. Well, exactly, exactly. I have to say, you know, I just did watch it there with you and hadn't seen it for a right while. It wasn't as good as I remember it. Mm. I wasn't laughing as much as I, was, I thought it would be. Why? I don't know. Well, we were watching it and we were taking notes, so that probably didn't yeah, uh, contribute uh, properly, but... It was a while before the first laugh started getting in. If you're trying to introduce somebody to Father Ted, it wouldn't be a great episode to introduce them with because it is about 10 or 12 minutes before the first big laugh jumps in. Colin said about surreal side of things, like Father Ted usually has some really surreal moments. Yeah. This one's sort of lacking them until maybe the last ep- well, until, part of the episode. Until Ted just thrown out the window is the first surreal moment, I would say. Yeah, no, I wouldn't consider that too surreal. Compared to like, you know, last week with the fire ground and stuff. In the context of this episode, like mm. up until that, you could have easily put that episode on radio and yeah. had no difference uh, to the point. There was very little physical comedy or anything. You didn't yeah, see exactly. Yeah. He said, Father Stone took the life out of the room and he's taking the life out of, of the episode. episode. I think that, that's what I was going to say. Do you reckon they did that on purpose just to, just to, to really drive the point home? <laughs> it's funny you should say that you didn't enjoy it that much. It's actually one of my least favourite episodes. There's so many great lines in Father Ted and that one I don't think... There wasn't a standout one. You had quotable lines. Yeah. I mean, like, in that one, there's a lot of things. They rely on a lot of background humour and stuff, and just little things happening. Like, the very start, Ted and Dougal are sitting doing a jigsaw puzzle. And if you're not watching it, you won't see Dougal, like, unable to fit a piece in and then just cutting it off with the scissors. <laughs> yeah. to fit it. It's just little things like that. It seems to be a lot of physical stuff happening in it. Well, uh, yeah, so the first shot is just Dougal forcing a jigsaw piece into a place where it clearly doesn't fit. Yeah. And as you said, as the conversation wears on, he eventually just gives up and just sort of cuts it to shit. And he's clearly been doing it for a while. He's got the scissors at the ready. So I don't know how any uh, jigsaws ever get made in in Craggy Island. I'd like to see the finished steedle. Elvis. So the first thing that happened was Dougal asked Ted if he had three wishes, what would he do? Ted, give the uh, stock answers that you'd expect from a priest. World peace, end of hunger. There's a little uh, element of his dreams of fame coming back with his uh, party. And a bit of his, you get a glimpse into what he's really thinking, a bit of his ego and stuff as well, because he's dancing specifically with women. He thinks fancies himself a bit of a ladies' man. Well, he couldn't really fancy himself as a ladies' man or else he wouldn't have taken up the priesthood, you know, but in, in the strictest sense. But that's the key point of Father Ted himself. 
It's because he has these human desires. Yeah. To, to have the fame that we saw in the first episode, to be on the te- television, to get the money. The money was written mm-hmm. in my account. Uh, I forget the name of the episode where the woman, the, the author comes. Yes. He has the lust for her and that's at his core. Although he tries to hide it by saying he wants to give money to charity and give money to the hospitals, etc, etc. Mm-hmm. He's keeping up appearances, yeah. Like we said last week, they're three very flawed characters who are in a respectable role. Ted asked Stugo what his three wishes are and uh, he had great difficulty coming up with any. But what he finally came up with after extensive prompting by Ted was a big car to drive around in. <laughs> to be a big famous rock star like Elvis. And that's the first instance of Elvis coming up and he will come up very prominently in a later episode. And also he would like to get a China Cup that Ted has sitting right beside him. Yeah, <laughs> so he has easy access to. Catra, uh, you're an artist, okay? So I want you to come up with an artist impression of what it would look like to uh, Dougal to be in an Elvis in a big red sports car with that cup. Oh, by the way, I do want to say we are doing this, as you've probably gathered already, we're doing this in a very different format than we've done before. Last week, it was much more preordained what we were doing. Uh, I had a sort of a running order and everything, and we tried it that way. This week we decided to watch the episode together and then just react to it immediately on the mic. So it's pretty much as soon as we finish watching the episode, we go on the mic and we, we talk about it. It's an experimental way and if you can't experiment in the second episode, you can't experiment. So we're doing it this way and we'll see how it works. It seems to be going okay so far. What do you reckon? Feels more natural. Feels more natural. So give me a bit of the episode then that uh, stuck out at you then. This is Ving. You said it. He sort of sucked the life out of the episode, so it's very hard to pick out moments because the whole thing is just, it's the one joke done throughout it. How dull and boring he is. But I do like the conversation between Dougal and Ted in bed. Just discussing like when they were trapped in the attic for five days because he just showed up, even though they told him they were in room. I can't take much more of this, Ted. I know, I know. Six years. You'd think that by now he'd have got the message. Do you remember that time, Ted, when we knew he was coming and we pretended to be in Rome? God, yeah, that was amazing. Anyone else would go, fair enough, and just not turn up. Five days in the attic. No food, no water, rats everywhere. If only we thought of it this year. Father Stone is obviously very difficult to be in a room with, and they do everything they can to get out of the room. When they're trying to force small talk, as you often do, Father Shorthall comes up very frequently from both of them, actually. Well, he must be about 100 now. <laughs> suppose so. I wonder what uh, Father Shorthall gets up to that he's the first thing that comes to mind when they're both trying to fill up space. Does he ever appear in the show? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, they came up with all sorts of funny names for priests. I mean, the, the classic one is the Christmas episode where they had an imposter priest. Mrs. Doyle was trying to guess his name and she just came up rattling out like dozens and dozens of really random names. Uh, and I think they have a running joke just to come up with as many priest names as they can. So Father Shorthall, I'm sure there's a Father Longhall as well somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first, we spoke last week about the sets in Father Ted and this is the first time we saw the bathroom. And uh, yeah, I love the we, wallpaper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It reminds me of my granddad's house. Yeah, it looks the like a real place. house is like my granddad's house. You've, you've been in houses that look like that, like yeah. they have the same furniture, the same wallpaper. Obviously not in the same state of decay, but yeah. uh, <laughs> the patterns and everything. That was just stall garden just back saying, in the day. Saying about decay, because we we never touched on this, even last week when we were discussing like the introduction of the characters, but Father Jack's little corner, like just seeing the state of his chair and the wallpaper behind him where clearly it's all ruined from all the smoking and stuff. Just and there's clearly probably been a fire in that corner multiple times. It's just been in status for so long that it's just 
everything's just warped around him. Yeah, it's just brown all over the rounded side of his head. You could nearly cut out a shape of him from the silhouette. I love the little touches. So when the camera zooms out, you can see like the yellow stains on his fingers. Yeah, the yeah. Stains. It's those little touches that make Things really that believable. you probably wouldn't see normally, but they put it on anyway, just mm -hmm. in case you do see. Yeah, the attention to detail in the house, like it, it, they really do go to uh, some lens. And you did bring it up last week that it was set, and it didn't actually occur to me that uh, if they're real rooms or if they're sound stages. As in, do you know the way they have flat pack sound stages for like theatre and TV mm -hmm. that they can just put up and they have to decorate it every time they, they want to shoot on it? Or if it's actually just a place that they have a room that they film in? But I'd, I'd imagine it's a sound stage because they have a live like audience. A stage, yeah. yeah. So they have to do that every time they decorate the place. Was that the first time the bedroom was in it? No, the no, bedroom was in last week as well. Did you see uh, Dougal's pillow? He Man. Elvis. What was it? it oh, I didn't even notice it. I have He Man. I've seen He Man. sheets in He Man. Ah, that's why. What I find unusual is, so when the camera zooms out, you can see that the parochial house is, is a pretty big house. Yeah. Yet, ten people share a bedroom. A bedroom. <laughs> Doesn't really make sense. There's only yeah. three people who live there. That's a decent sized house. Well, Mrs. Doyle. She's well, a housekeeper, she doesn't live there, does she? No. Jack's in one of the bedrooms. Yeah. Well, Jack's in Jack's the bedroom. But that, but that means there's only two bedrooms. Mm -hmm. Well, Jack's yeah. bedroom, mm -hmm. their bedroom, yeah. bathroom. Mrs. Doyle's bedroom. But does she live there? So no, she doesn't because she left the house in last week's episode. She said she was going home. There's also the spare yeah, bedroom that Len was going to stay in. That's, I was going to bring up the spare bedroom. The rabbit the room. Spare bedroom. So they do you have an extra bedroom. But they choose to share. That, that's the guest room. But even then, downstairs, you've got the living room, the stairway, and then you've got the kitchen. Yeah. So where's the other half of the house? Exactly. I'm done with this show. Yeah. <laughs> you can see there's an extension on the back of the house. Yeah, but that's, that looks like the kitchen. Yeah. It looks like something leading out in the lower. Don't think we see the kitchen for a right while until possibly Pat the Mustard. Pat yeah. Mustard, the yeah. But so we'll come to that then. But yeah, the, the house is huge. Very babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the house is huge and we've mentioned before there was a scene where Ted actually went through a window and you said the house is actually a real house yeah. in Clare. Mm -hmm. How did they set up that window? Did they have to take the frame out and then they put sugar done. glass in to actually push them through it? They must have done. Yeah. Uh, There's no other way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they had to replace the, the frame and everything of the, of the window, put Ted through it and then put it back in again. I wonder what he landed on. Because that's, you know, he must have been a 50 year old man. But it probably so wasn't him who went down it. But well, he got up and he spoke. Like, what I would like to ask is, Aye, but they can just edit that in afterwards. Where's an Irish priest get an American footballer's like, gear? On Craggy Island. Oh, Craggy Island. Probably, uh, probably fell off one of the container ships that sort of washed up on the beach. <laughs> so you fished there. It's probably, yeah. Uh, you see it at the start of the island. Where did the island shot JR t-shirt? Do you know what though? That, that was massive <laughs> over here. Dallas. Dallas, yeah. It was massive over here as well. But even the, the American football outfit was, that's that's what I go back to the surreal aspect of it. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of second nature. That's normal. And he puts this on and he has to, because he has to give bad news to Father Jack. And that's that in itself is, the, is the, where the humour is directed. Yeah, yeah so he, he probably realised he needed some protective gear. So he went to, next time he went to the mainland, he just went to the sports shop and just <laughs> picked but up. But even in 1996, on yeah. the mainland, would you have found American footballers gear? I don't know. No, probably not. I, I don't think so. No. Like a, this is like Leanne's big problem of the show. Yeah. <laughs> that is completely unwatchable. Where's this NFL gear coming from? <laughs> they should have put him in like, you know, a hurry helmet and had a hurry or something. But they needed to, to, to no push the body yeah. Or a giant sumo suit. Or just put like. <laughs> They're blatantly lying, the father son. They're and he's just completely oblivious to it. Or yeah. he's just choosing to ignore it. It's I, hard to I tell which. He's choosing to ignore it. But they're just very obviously lying, like they're backtracking over every lie they tell him just because he's got an answer to it. And then he's just not even like, you know, acknowledging it. 
But it's not even an answer, it just goes, no, it's fine. He's not even that bad of a person to be around. No, he's one of those people, yeah. he's completely you, you, harmless. You can just ignore him. No, yeah. that's the thing. It's easy to ignore a silent person. Again, I go to Teresa's house and I sit down and her dad's sitting there yeah. watching the TV and I'm just like, like, do I say something? Do I go do something myself? Do I... Okay, I'll say something. You ask him a question he's just like, yeah. Film Ted, where your man has his head transplanted onto a fly and uh, the fly's head is transplanted onto the man. Oh yes, what was that called? Out of Africa, I think, anyway. <laughs> you know, your man has the head of the fly and he's chasing his wife all over the place and, she, you know, she's trying to hide the jam and everything so as he won't get stuck on it and that kind of thing. I'll have to stop you there, Dougal. Yes, Ted? No reason, I just have to stop you. That's a very obscure sci-fi film that he's bringing up there. The fly? The, the fly, fly is yeah. not even... The fly was massive. Yeah, it was massive. Is it massive if you shot yeah. it any... The Simpsons parody, uh, parody there. Yeah, but have it's you seen well it? known. Yeah, I've seen it and I was terrified when I watched it. When have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I was have a you seen it? I was a child. <laughs> have you seen it, Colin? I've Jack Goldblum. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen it, but I'm aware of it because of its cultural reference. It's cul yeah, and I was watching Absolutely Fabulous earlier and they referenced it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe I'm, I'm being unfair on the fly. We should all, we should all sit down and have a fly night. I think, yeah, we should do that. We should all watch the fly and then talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, I thought it was obscure. I thought that was only a, a sort of film nerd sort of film. No. That only film nerds would be okay. Like, if I went down the street and asked ten people if they'd ever heard of this film where a guy got his head oh, swapped with a fly. That'd be weird. It, well, he doesn't get his head swapped with the fly. It's not what happens. The head doesn't necessarily get swapped, from what I remember. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you would get fuck off from most people. If you were to see what? If he was to go down to random people in this section of Belfast and be like, have you ever seen the fly? You're better off doing that in the city centre. They might think you someone at the bar. <laughs> 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 it's like, yeah, they do cheap cocktails. Uh, other bars are available. Everyone knows the fly. Have you ever heard of the, the fly? The movie? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's unanimous then. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I just... Apart from the actor. Un underestimated <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the it's cultural significance. It's pretty old though, isn't it? Uh, well, it's in the mid-80s. Yeah. 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 Arthur Matthews was actually in this episode as well. Do you remember where? No. I do. Where was it? I He was at the party. He, he was, was the person who said... Uh, who wants a lift? Yeah. <laughs> all ran out of the room. He must have a massive car. He must have given him a minibus. Clown <laughs> car. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's the second episode in a row we've um, Arthur Matthews is featured and I don't think Graham Lennon's actually been in it yet. So it's 2-0 to Arthur. He was a bit camera shy though, wasn't he? He was, he was in it much, much less. He's much less. Partridge. Yeah, he's, but he's, since then he's been in a lot more. Like I think he's featured in the IT crowd a couple of times. Alan Partridge as well, but Arthur Matthews and Alan Partridge at the same time. Mm -hmm. The representatives from RTA, isn't yeah. It? Mm -hmm. And uh, second episode, John and Mary are back, which I didn't expect to see them so soon. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that because, uh, as we discussed last week, they only actually show up in four episodes. But oh, John and Mary. I heard John and Mary are back. I was like, what the John fuck? and Mary are back. I but I heard it as one word. I do I do speak very fast. Yeah, I, I did notice that when I was editing last week's show. <laughs> I genuinely thought the speed was up above one hundred percent. I thought it was like one hundred and ten percent. You might have to. About <laughs> it's just because I think so fast, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that Ted is the runt of his family. Which, yeah. because, as you mentioned, the favourite son goes to be a doctor, mm -hmm. and the least favourite son becomes a priest. It's usually a third son, the third son gets the farm. Is that better or worse than the priest? Better. Much better. Yeah, exactly. That's probably the best of the three. Yeah, better than the yeah. doctor. Yeah. yeah. Farm. Yeah, well, they get to make all the potatoes. They, they get the land, you see. But then there's, there's usually about 12 sons, though. And eight daughters. That's before television. Yeah. 
Was there other other kids that had big families in your your group or anything? Or not to the extent that you've mentioned with double I, figures. Well, it's a generation thing, thing definitely. Yeah, because uh, in my year group and in, in the brothers in high school, there was one guy who had like fourteen siblings. Fourteen. Yeah, 14. and he was my age, and he was like Whoa. from one woman. So we'll just bring up the date on the plot. So, but Ted was getting so irate with having to deal with uh, Father Stone that he, he prayed to God to get rid of him somehow. It seems that God actually takes it a bit too literally. <laughs> you don't want to make a deal with this God guy. I mean, you're not supposed to make a deal with the devil, but geez, God doesn't seem to have much of an even hand either. But this is the thing. This is the human aspect. We've all, speaking personally, we've all prayed to God for things that maybe are a little bit selfish. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually for me, it's please can my team score a goal. Yeah. <laughs> pleasure, but that's but that's but that's where we connect with Father Ted because we can understand why he's doing it. I mean, like, even though he's in this uh, sort of respectable role, he's still quite human. He still has feelings towards people that you know realistically you'd be thinking a priest shouldn't have. In the case of Father Stone, he just really dislikes him. It was just looking for you know a way out, and in his desperation, he turned to the higher power. As I said, God took it a bit too literally and has been struck down by lightning on a golf course. Apparently, a golf course is one of the most dangerous places to be during a lightning storm. When when you're uh, swinging a golf club, mm-hmm. it's making the, the most attractive uh, metal object for a lightning bolt to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll let the nurse explain. Go on, Catherine, and take it away. Just, it's just the o- open <laughs> space, and you're just exposed, I suppose. Yeah, and you're holding like a metal rod. Yeah. Quite literally, a metal rod in your yeah, hand. In your hand. Yeah. And you're exposed yeah. metal yeah. rod. Right. <laughs> 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 you're exposed metal rod. <laughs> 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 Have you ever had to deal with someone who was struck by lightning before? I've worked with somebody who was struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Really? And what happened? Well, she she was really, really unwell for a few months and then she sort of came out of it. But for <laughs> the next... Just like that. Sheesh. But the next six months, she would have just blacked out all of a sudden. Like she would have been driving her car and all of a sudden she would have just blacked out and just... Jesus. Like the machine just stopped working. And then she would have... Would she go unconsciously? She would, she would, and then she would wake up <laughs> in about two minutes, and she's like, "Oh, right. oh, that's that's okay." Like I don't know what what caused it, but yeah, like she literally she would have passed out driving the car and stuff for a few minutes. Jeez, right? But so yeah, so Father Stone is struck by lightning, and he's made unconscious. Uh, how many people actually survive lightning strikes? Is it necessarily fatal? You're looking at me again, like I would know. I well, no you're the only idea. you're the only health professional <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Lightning strikes can produce severe injuries and have a mortality rate of between 10 and 30 percent. There's a a top 10 weirdest uh, lightning strike related. The entire soccer team who was killed after being struck by lightning during a match. Oh my god. Yeah, the the one person person got struck and about eight of them fell immediately. Like it was so crazy, they they were all the same team too, it wasn't the other team. Were they touching each other then? No, they were all spread out like as a football team would be. To the ground. Well, it hit one of them, and then about eight of them on the same team, and not the other team, all just dropped. Oh. It was crazy looking. Lightning. The silent killer. The silent killer. You know yeah. a hell of a lot about lightning. Uh, I do conduct experiments uh, to reanimate <laughs> dead horses. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got, yeah, I've got the thing in the roof just to make sure I know when they're coming in. <laughs> <laughs> father, uh, father Stone is laid up in hospital, and his father is obviously very upset by it. So let's hear what his father says when he hears about uh, his son's predicament. 
Father, this is my husband, Dermot. Oh, God, Father, it's terrible. Father, it's terrible. God forgive me for using the large name and fame, but Jesus Christ, isn't it terrible? It is. Oh, it is, Father, it is. It's terrible, terrible. I tell you, I couldn't have said it better myself. Terrible is the word, Father. Terrible, I tell you, Father, terrible is too, too small a word. Oh, God, Father, it is. It's too small a word. Will you look at what you've done to your mother, you lazy little bastard? You're useless. Get up your Oh, no, Father, I'm sorry him causing you all this trouble. God forgive me for saying this, but wouldn't it have been better if he'd have been killed? <laughs> wouldn't it have been better if he'd have been killed? That was what Father Ted was looking for in the first place, so clearly they're in agreement there, are they? When I was writing down funny lines from that show, from that episode, that was the only one that I wrote down. There was a line of the show, I think we can... That, that, that father character was hilarious. Yeah. And it was very Irish. It was. Yeah. Like, you can yeah. imagine people like that, they're just... They don't even give you a chance to get a word in. No. Yeah, there is people like that, and I've met them in pubs and stuff, and uh, you'll, see them, you'll see them after football <laughs> matches and everything, and... It yeah. terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. It was awful. That referee, God, he was awful. He was, it was an absolute disgrace, that referee. He may have gotten one free against the other team, and... That was that was it. He should have been sent to hell itself. I think that that was a classic example of the Irish father and then the the mother and the grandmother was as well. Just kind of perfect characters, especially the grandmother. The, the grandmother the direct line to God. <laughs> they don't need the operator anymore. They've got the direct line, as you say. Old women are extremely extremely holy. Now, whether it's because they're old and they're sort of considering their mortality more, or if it's just been the way they've lived their whole lives or something, you wouldn't dare the. Take your lord's name in vain from your granny, like, or you get a nice skype around the ear for your troubles, like. I thought the way that it ended, with Father Stone smiling, and the way that it started. This is getting quite technical now on this, but normally with sitcoms, it starts off and everything's normal, and then something's introduced which upsets all the characters, and then they have to try and resolve it. Where at the, at the very first second, Ted's sitting with Father Stone. He's already there, yeah. And yeah. Then you really know by the silence that something's not quite right. And that's, there's no introduction to the character. That is, that's the first introduction to the character. But there's no, oh, Father Stone's coming. We have to get this place ready. I can't believe he's coming. I don't know, should I should give a spoiler alert in case people have never, never seen this episode. But we'll, uh, we'll assume everyone's watched it. Uh, he obviously, he, he recovers from the lightning bolt and he's, he ends up coming back to the house. And he's, he's there at the end. There's no uh, resolution. Yeah. The problem is still there as it was <laughs> at, the, as at the beginning. I thought that was a nice touch. As it was, never shall be. Mm -hmm. Where will that end? <laughs> <laughs> when he recovers I like the really triumphant music that starts playing as he raises up in the bed with the golf club still in his hand I always thought the music was this really stupid and out of place in the show but it works in because the show is just stupid oh well, we did mention last week that stupid, but, the, the music was odd in Ted's getaway last week yeah. remember this seemed to fit better it didn't seem to stick out as much it sort of it, you know what I mean last week that really sort of stuck in my crawl that music I don't know why there was the Benny Hill type music, but this, it seemed to fit, the, well, it fit the scene, which it did last week, but it yeah. also, it wasn't as intrusive over what was actually happening on the episode. Do you know I just thought of, sorry to interrupt you there. No, go ahead. Let's go back to Leanne's point about the American football gear. Father Stone had his pyjamas on, but he was still holding the golf club. I was going to bring that up, yeah. They couldn't remove the golf club, so how'd they put the pyjamas on him? <laughs> If they couldn't, if they couldn't pry his arms off the golf club. I think it, they open the shirt and then they put the sleeve through the golf club and just slip it on his arm. And yeah, but the his, hands are, his hands are still, still, still together. Oh, that's right, yeah. they were clutched. Yeah. So I remember he was holding it just with his one, like, one hand. Yeah, two hands. It was, it was clutched, yeah, that's right. He looked like a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it was like a stripper's outfit with like Velcro down the sides. Ah, uh, maybe, yeah. 
They just sold it on like Olivia and John and Greece or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the nurses still underestimate them. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. they do exactly. anything. We didn't see any nurses in this episode, even though we were in the hospital. Know, yeah. Did you so feel underrepresented? They're always in there, though. They are. Like They're doing the hard work, and the doctors comes in and spills <laughs> the news. Exactly. Just take all yeah. the credit when they. Just points his name. Yeah. Yeah. Just my job. Go on. This, this is your outlet well, to like all the credit. Right. Where you Go on. See the nurses. <laughs> We're the ones who do the heavy lifting, like. Yeah, no, no, bitch about the doctors, bitch about the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Especially this guy. Yeah. This guy, this guy. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to bring up is the, the old woman. Um, it they could have got somebody better, I thought. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, she the was, granny. I thought it was it was just a bit stupid. Mm. She didn't say anything. She didn't say anything, and the whole you know. Oh, she did. She said. I know, she, what, I know what you're up to. I know what you're up to. But it was too, it was too comicy with that. Finger it was, it was moving. It was yeah. out of place. Yeah. Even for that show, it was out It would have worked better if she hadn't said anything. If she would have just given the face. And even even the face of even the evil eye that she was supposed to be given, she just turns around as she's leaving the door and she she contorts into about four different faces. Yeah. You don't know which one she's actually supposed to be making that's so <laughs> her horrifying like So if they're gonna play on that, if they're going to have her as, you know, this kind of threat who's gonna spill the beans it needed to be more tense and it needed to last longer. Yeah. It was just kind of like, I know what you're doing and then she's gone. And that's it, yeah. It was, it was, it was only just a setup for a joke that mm. the old women have the direct line to God. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it didn't almost, actually come back. It almost seems like maybe there was more to the episode and they've cut it out. Possibly, possibly. Like maybe there was going to be a side story where she was working things out and they decided, mm. oh, it's not going to work. I think we're missing a key point in that scene, which What's was that? the painting. Father Stone's mother came over and, and told how much uh, Father Stone loved Ted and he genuinely did seem to love Ted when he wasn't in Craggy Islands. He had a calendar that he had uh, X'd out every month. Yeah, well, it was, a, it was a year-long calendar mm-hmm. and he just crossed out each month as he went past. <laughs> and then he had a nice little uh, diagram of Ted that was wonderfully, wonderfully uh, highlighted in a perfect circle with little uh, magic markers and everything. And then he had also made a painting for Ted. Now. Some of these with a bit more of an artistic bent. Is that a parody of another painting or something? It does look very familiar, the way that the shape, like Ted is behind him with his right arm over his shoulder and his left arm sort of behind his neck. It's And, and then Father Stone's got his hand on Ted's hand. I'm pretty sure I've seen that image somewhere. And you mentioned you've seen it all around Dublin or something. I found a picture of the ones in Dublin. Oh. Mm. See, that's much more detailed than the one was in the episode. But that was part of the gay marriage vote, I think. Mm-hmm. Ah, right, right. So... Does that mean that there were like homosexual undertones to that painting? No, I don't think so. I never. Well, I hadn't picked up on them. You think he fancied Ted? A gay priest? No, absolutely. No such thing. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't Maybe think so. No, it's probably just more of an admiration that somebody actually yeah. paid attention to him in his in his head, like that. In his world. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Did he pay attention to him? Well, he did. He genuinely tried to have a conversation with him. He's the yeah. only person who hasn't, like, you know, just obviously ran away as the previous ran, priest out, out of the building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ted would, you know, try and force a conversation into mm. him, and he would just respond, Yeah, it's all right, yeah. Mm. And as far as he's concerned, wow, we're really bonding here. Yeah. But Ted's like, God, did you just say something? More eagle eye viewers might notice that that painting actually ends up on the mantelpiece. Oh, in later, later episodes, so you can uh, keep a lookout for that. Ah, okay. So we'll, we'll have a we'll have a spot for the first of that. Uh, I'll be expecting you to, to to keep your eyes open, Vince. Oh, I don't know though. I mean, is it about the friendship? Because they say that the year before, when Father Stone arrived, they you know said they were in Rome and they were upstairs. They were upstairs hiding in the attic, 
and you still stayed there. So is it about the friendship? Like, what is he doing there when, you know, the house is empty, there's no one there? He obviously had no idea that they were in the attic, yeah. so he's probably just lingering around in the hopes that they'll come home. But they're in Rome. Well, to his knowledge, they're in Rome. Yeah, as far so, as he knows. So what's he doing? So if, if you were supposed to come stay with us, and you arrived, and we're like, oh, we're in Rome, would you hang around the house? No, I'd go home. Any normal person would go home, but Father Stone's not any normal person. Yeah, but you're not stuck on an island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There might only be one fairly a week for all we know. Yeah, exactly. He, he might not have any way out of the house. He might have to just linger about for that week. But they seemed kind of exasperated that he did say something. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, you know, five days in the attic. It was probably... It made it sound like he could have left, but he didn't. He I don't, don't imagine there's a hotel or anything you can go to. There must be some sort of guest There must be something. Like, there must yeah. be an inn or something. Like, yeah, yeah, a B&B or something, yeah. But overall, what's what's everyone's thoughts then? I actually liked it. Did I it? I like that episode because I, I can relate to it at the moment, so that's probably why. Better or worse than the first one? Worse than the first one. Yeah, I, w- I would... I would... Uh, I'd hesitate to say this is probably one of the worst episodes of Father's Head. Yeah. I don't think it's like great. Yeah, that, that, I, I was really looking forward to this one actually, and I was really disappointed when we actually put it on because, like I said, there was hardly any laughs. And I wasn't sure if Catri had seen Father's Head before, and I was thinking, God, this is the first time she's seen this. this she must think this is terrible. No, Colin Scott Father's Head on all the time. You love it, like. <laughs> so I'm sort of forced. You're forced to watch it. <laughs> I do like it, like, I do like it. Um, but, um,. Yeah, I thought it was okay. It wasn't one of the funniest ones. No, it wasn't. Yeah. But definitely not. But everyone remembers that character, though. So mm. the character is stuck in people's heads. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes like, yeah. maybe it's exaggerated in, in memory. My favourite bit is the bathroom scene. Where you think he's going to go for a pee and he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he, he unzips and then he turns around <laughs> and drops <laughs> try. <laughs> I, I love uh, Ted's attempt to cover his modesty. <laughs> with, with, with a face cloth. <laughs> Did anyone else notice that Ted's got like had a bit of a funny patch of hair on his stomach? It's downy fluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apart from the downy fluff, there was like one patch that was just a bit heavier or something. It was weird. Uh, Every man is after. (laughs) On his right hand side, so as he's lying in the bathroom, you just see it there. Yeah, there's like a little patch there. It's like a little rogue uh, growth. Yeah. Little rogue forest right there. Like a little patch of velcro. Yeah. We all of that though. I noticed that the painting was on the mantelpiece. I hadn't noticed the little patch of hair. We <laughs> weren't paying as much attention to Dermot Morgan's body. <laughs> as I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can wrap that up there and just say that, you know, of all the Father's Head episodes, I don't think it was one of the classics. As like, I said at the start, it's my least favorite, yeah. one of my least favorite, and I have changed that opinion watching it again now. Uh, exactly. And you, you already watched it this week as well. I skimmed through it. I do like that last scene where it's kind of mad in the hospital room. Yeah. And different characters are coming in and out and it's very mm-hmm. quick. But I think Father Stone himself dragged the, the energy out of it. Even in the waiting room at the hospital, it was... Like, his dialogue was very, very forced. About the fly and about the uh, John and Mary coming in. It did seem they were, they were trying to stretch out as much as they could. Because it didn't actually have that much... Content. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it'll probably knock it down as one of the top five episodes. Do you know, two episodes in. We don't know, I mean, what order it was written in, what order it was filmed in. Do they, you know, film it all and decide, okay, this is going to be number two, this is going to be number three? Yeah, because you did say last week we mentioned the last first week. episode was wasn't actually meant to be the first episode. No, the first episode initially, I think, uh, was supposed to be the Passionist and Tibulus, where they are outside the cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, so that's series one? Yeah, it's yeah. the very next episode. Oh. oh, there you go then, yeah, so... But, I mean, they, 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 we, we mentioned that 
going with the episode they went with was a better decision because yeah. it introduced the situation better. This is a very odd choice for a second episode. If you've got people to come back to it... After a after seeing the first, Yeah, the first episode, people come back next Friday night to see what's going on. Like, it is a bit of a struggle to, to get through, especially if, you know, you do have a remote in your hand. Very easy just to flick channels. Just flick past. Right, yeah. you know what, there wasn't as many channels. There's only four channels. Yeah. I think that if it's the weaker episode, it's the best place to put it because you want to start strong and you want to end strong. Okay? Mm, true. So if, you, if someone watches a really good first episode, like, yeah, I really like this, then they see a second one, like, oh, it's mediocre, I'll give it one more shot and go into the third episode. Mm. But okay. you would want to probably build a bit more momentum, like maybe put it at the, probably at the fourth episode I would have put it, if it were me. That way, you know, put the better episodes, some better episodes starting two really good ones at the end. That fourth one, midway through, people are already interested, they're enjoying it. And they can maybe forgive it for that. You want to end on a good note though. Yeah. Where's them writings coming from? CDZV, I think. This is actually rated 7.9 out of 10. The first episode was rated 7.7. I I would definitely reverse those. Even the, the Passion of Satibulus, the second or the third one, seven point eight, which mm. I think that was probably that's the strongest. Yeah, yeah, that's no. that's one of the most memorable ones. It is the, the, the quotable lines down with this sort of thing, careful now and Yeah, mm-hmm. the one that's actually gone down in history and that was the one that probably set Father Ted off as the greatest sitcom of the of the year like. Interesting point on the Passion of Satibulus. This is me back to the fanboy again. That was meant to be the first episode, as you've mentioned. And I believe Priest from South America, I forget his name, he gave them gifts. Yeah. He gave them a video recorder, which you can actually see an entertaining Father Stone that's on top of the television. Oh, okay. Continuity error. Yeah, yeah. Get on that. Done my research. Bam, bam. Because I do remember him giving the, the VCR and it does show up in later episodes. But uh, we'll come back to them. You can stop that podcast now. It's not going to get any better than that. No. So, well, thanks very much for listening. We've tried a new format. We'll see how it goes. And we'll be back for the third episode next Sunday. We'll have a different guest. Probably have some of the same guests again. And we'll, well, I'll see live here, so I'll be here. Well, Le- Leanne will be contributing as well. <laughs> and Stop me. Yeah, so thanks very much for listening, and bless you. <laughs>